Welcome back to Daf HaShavuah. This week we're going to be learning Misech Zivamos, Daf Ayin Beis. And uh, continuing on in Perak HaRel with our uh, discussions with regards to what an uncircumcised person uh, is allowed to do. And at the beginning of the Perak we learned that an Aral is not allowed to eat truma and uh, all sorts of other halachos of the Aral being excluded from eating uh, other types of kudshim, of eating korban Pesach, uh, of doing other avodos, because the, uh, the RL doesn't have a bris mila, and he hasn't been uh, nichnas into klal Yisrael as a result of the fact that he doesn't have a bris mila. We spoke about the machlokes between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam as to why the RL doesn't have a bris mila, um, and uh, all of the, uh, the ensuing discussions and conversations uh, come as a result of that initial conversation. So we concluded and said that an RL is able to be um, can go ahead and can uh, be Mechabel Hazah. He can have the ashes of the Paraduma sprinkled on him. And uh, why that was and what the ramifications of the Hazas Paraduma uh, were, uh, were described on Daf Ayin Aleph. At the end of Daf Ayin Aleph, Amad Aleph, so we described the fact that Avram Avinu was, uh, was given the mitzvah of Mila, but not the mitzvah of Priya. That the mitzvah of Priya, that once the Mila, once the Orla is cut off, that we have to uh, pull the membrane down uh, beneath the Atara of the uh, Makom Hamila. And uh, that was a mitzvah that was given to Yehoshua. So Tosus points out the, um, that when it comes to uh, this story in Yehoshua, that uh, we know that there's a concept of no new mitzvahs that were given to the Nevi'im. So how could it be that Yehoshua introduced us to the concept of uh, to the concept of Priya. If Priya is something that's, uh, that's part and parcel, that may even be a mitzvah in and of itself, so how could it be that Yoshua received this, uh, this mitzvah of Priya? So Tosas answers that Priya is really a halacha l'moshe misinai. Halacha l'moshe misinai basically refers to the fact that Hashem communicated uh, oral halachic um, discussions and descriptions to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai, which in many cases provide uh, all sorts of details that are related to the mitzvahs that are found in the written text of the Torah, in the Torah an example uh, of that is although Hashem commanded in writing not to eat certain foods, the minimum amount that constitutes a full uh, isser, a full violation of the uh, of the uh, uh, of not eating of eating non kosher is the uh, the mida, the calculation of a kizayis of eating an olive. So that amount was given over to Moshe Rabbeinu at. Uh, at Har Sinai, even though the, we know that we couldn't eat non-kosher from before that. Rechaim, in uh, the famous works of Rechaim Soloveitchik, so Rechaim describes that there are two different types of halacha l'moshe misinai. One is what's called michadeshes, something I never would have known or I never would have thought about. Shem told Moshe, and had Hashem not told Moshe, I never would have, uh, I never would have assumed, I never would have, uh, would have had the, uh, the Hava Amina, the first thought that this would be something that's, uh, that's, uh, that's going to be a rule. For instance, the measurement of how much we have to eat in order to be over an Isser of eating non-kosher. That measurement of a Kezayis is what's called Michadeshes, according to Reb Chaim. There's another type, however, of Halach Lamoshim Yisinai, says Reb Chaim, called Mifareshes. When the Halacha expands the definition of something that I always already knew. So uh, when it comes, we'll use the prototype of eating non-kosher. When it comes to eating non-kosher, so the Torah explicitly states that I can't eat, uh, I can't eat a pig. So anything else in the pig family, uh, it's assumed that, uh, that, uh, that I can't, uh, that I can't go ahead and eat it. But it's uh, expanded, it's an expanded isser, it's mifareshes. So we have this halach l'moshe misinai of priya over here, the Tosis introduces us to, with regards to the mitzvah of milah. Some sofer 
comes along and makes this relevant and asks the following question. Let's say a person forgot to make the bracha uh, of milah, but uh, before he goes out and does the milah, but he still has the priya to be done, which is part of the mitzvah. So can I go ahead and make the bracha of uh, of milah on the priya before the priya is going to be done? So the Chassam Sofer says, yes, that since the priya is part and parcel, as we discussed at the end of Ayin Amad Aleph, since the priya is uh, really like the uh, the conclusion of the mitzvah, it's part and parcel of the mitzvah, you would be able to go ahead and you'd be able to make the bracha, on the priya being that the priya is part and parcel of this mitzvah that we have over here. The Ben Yoyado, the Ben Yishchai points out that in general we have a concept that's referred to as Gadol Mitzvah of Oseh, uh, that a person that's commanded to do a mitzvah is going to receive more schar than a person that's not commanded to do a mitzvah that uh, that goes ahead and uh, and uh, and fulfills a mitzvah. So. We know that you get greater scar if you're commanded to do something than if you're not commanded to do something. So the Ben Yoyada says that Avram Avinu was Eino Mitsuva and Mitsuva over here. So he was Eino Mitsuva in the Priya. He was Mitsuva in the Mitzvah of uh, Brismila. And therefore, since he was Mitsuva in the Mitzvah of Brismila and not Mitsuva in the Mitzvah of Priya, the final uh, act of doing the Mila. So Avram Avinu got a tremendous amount of scar for fulfilling the, uh, for fulfilling the, uh, the mitzvah of Mila. So the Gemara continues, the Gemara asks, why didn't Klal Yisrael get the mitzvah of Mila in the Midbar? And the Gemara answers that they'd get sick if they had such an operation and then continue to travel without resting. We know that Klal Yisrael had to travel, they had to go, um, um, uh, each place when Hashem decided and when Hashem told them to go, they had to go ahead and they had to go. And if they were to continue to travel without resting, then uh, then there would have been a problem. And then the Gemara also answers that there was this uh, this wind, this northern wind, this ruach tzifonis that would heal the uh, that would heal the makomamila, and that that. Wind didn't blow because for some reason Hashem was angry at the Jewish people. So this is a machlokas between Rashi and Tosos as to what it was. What was the source of that anger of Hashem uh, to the Jewish people that he didn't bring the, uh, this, uh, this Ruach Tsephonis. Rashi points out that it was probably because of the Cheda Egel, and Tosos points out that it was probably because of the Cheda Meraglim. Tosos continues, and the Gemara suggests that if the wind blows, the Anani Akavud would have left the Jewish people, that you can't have wind and clouds at the same time. So many Mepharshim ask, why, what does that mean? Hashem can do anything, as we'll learn this week in Parshas Bracious. Hashem is the creator of the world. You can't have the Anani Akavod, the clouds and the wind ha- happening at the same time, occurring simultaneously. So the Ritva goes and asks this question and answers that Hashem didn't want to do and Hashem tries to hide miracles uh, that are unnecessary, unneeded miracles Hashem doesn't want to perform. The clouds of glory, the Anani Akavod, were necessary for the living of the Jewish people. They were they were necessary for the protection. The Gemara then says we shouldn't do Mila if uh, it's a windy day. And uh, because of the um, some of the dangers that are involved in going out and doing a bris Mila during a, uh, during a, uh, a, a windy day. And uh, the Gemara presents that piece of advice. So obviously we don't check the weather before we, uh, before we perform a bris Mila. And the Gemara points out and says that we have this concept of Shomer Psaim Hashem, a Pasuk that we recite every single Shabbos morning, that we're willing to take basic, uh, normal, natural risks when everybody goes ahead and when everybody is, uh, is involved in something. So we see uh, you know, on the daily or on the weekly, the people go ahead and people have uh, bris milah. People come and uh, they're healed from having a bris milah. They're 
able to um, they're able to uh, to get better from their uh, from their milah, and as a result, we are able to rely on this concept of shomer psayim Hashem that Hashem is going to take care of us when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, doing things that people generally uh, risk take and go ahead and do. But the question then becomes, what are the gedarim of this? Uh, concept of Shomer Psalm Hashem. So Ramosha Feinstein points out in his Igris Moshe in Choshen Mishpat, Chilak Bez, Simonai and Vav, that when it comes to eating fatty foods and when it comes to smoking uh, and when it comes to doing other things that are damaging for our body, a person really needs to be healthy. It's not a Chiv to not. Uh, go ahead and to not smoke and to not eat fatty foods. It's not a chiv to take care of our bodies uh, in uh, in such a matter because people do eat not healthy foods and manage to survive. It's not uh, uh, so clear that by not uh, doing this that you're going. It's most definite that that's going to happen. So Moshe says that it's not a chiyuv to not smoke, but it's certainly uh, inappropriate and it's certainly good advice to refrain from smoking and from eating fatty foods. Most, however, come along and say, no, there really is an absolute issue to smoke. In the 1930s, the Chafetz Chaim described the fact that it's definitely uh, usher to smoke. Most post-gim nowadays uh, would hold that it's, uh, that it's usher to smoke, it's usher to do things that are uh, potentially risks, potentially dangerous to our bodies, and uh, we should definitely try to refrain from these types of things. But Ramosha Feinstein wasn't willing to go as far to say that it's a downright absolute chiyuv, an absolute isser to go ahead and to eat uh, fatty foods and to smoke. But just putting those two things together uh, definitely raises eyebrows in terms of the way in which we uh, the way in which we uh, go ahead and deal with uh, deal with our bodies. The Gemara then continues and describes how we would treat and interact with uh, what the Gemara refers to as a mashuach, which according to Rashi is a man who has a bris, but the orla grows back and was pulled over the mila. The question posed is, does he have to go ahead and does he have to have a bris mila again to remove the orla? Again, the skin comes back over the orla and uh, we're, uh, the, the makom amila is going to be covered. Until then, until he has this bris, is he able to go ahead and is he able to eat truma? Is he considered to be an oral? And the Gemara answers that the oraisa he can, but the rabbanon, he's not able to eat truma. And Ravuna points out that a mashuach is really only a problem, the rabbanon, but the oraisa, he is going to be allowed to, uh, to eat kachim, he's going to be allowed to do those types of things. Rabbi Huda, however, comes along and says that since there is a danger of cutting into a gid and really uh, damaging a person's body, that could be very dangerous based on Rashi. So a person shouldn't go ahead and give another bris. The Tanakhama says, no, go ahead and have a bris based on what happened in the times of Bar Kochva. When the Romans made many of the Jews be mashuchim, they brought their orlas back over the Makomamila, yet they were still able to have children. They were still able to go ahead and be osik in the midst of Pruervu. So maybe we should be, uh, we, maybe we should go ahead and maybe we should do it. And the Rabbim and Sefer Malachim points out that this, uh, this, uh, this person, Bar Kochva, Bar Koziva, somebody who came along and uh, and uh, in his generation, the uh, the Jews were forced to uh, to uh, bring uh, their orla back over the makom amila. So Rabbi Kiva actually thought that Bar Kokhba was Mashiach, and uh, and uh, some fascinating conversations with regards to this uh, this um, this story of Bar Kokhba that's presented here uh, in our uh, in our Gemara and on various of the commentaries uh, of. Uh, of, uh, of this Gemara and many other references to Bar Kochva, Bar Koziva, uh, and what it means to have been a Kochav, a star, uh, in the eyes of Rabbi Akiva. The Gemara then goes on to discuss many of the dinim that are related to a tumtum, to a person uh, who has uh, both um, 
both uh, female parts and male parts, a person we don't know uh, what their gender is going to be and whether or not this person is going to be able to eat truma, as well as a child who is born uh, with two foreskins, what we do in such a situation then and whether or not he's considered to be uh, an RL. And then the Gemara goes on and tells us that uh, an RL can do hazah, an RL can do the sprinkling of the paraduma and many of the other dinim that relate to uh, to Orlis, to uh, to the non-circumcised as our uh, as our parak um, uh, continues over here and progresses. But really, the main themes of uh, of Daf Ayin Beis over here in Meseches Yivamos are uh, the discussions of Mila and Priya, the discussions of. Uh, when we're going to have to go ahead and give uh, another bris milah, should we have a situation of this mashuach that the Gemara uh, presented, and many of the conversations with regards to somebody that's born that uh, we can't tell, male or female, and how we uh, how we go about. Uh, deciding whether or not we give them uh, a bris mila uh, or not, whether or not they're an RL or not, whether or not they can eat kudshim or not, uh, and these types of conversations that make up the uh, the middle of Perak RL and Daf Ayin Beis in Meseches Yivamos, and a uh, beautiful conversation, like we said, Shomer P'sam Hashem, the Kashbar who watches those that uh, are involved, maybe sometimes in a little bit of risk, but definitely things that are, uh, that, are, uh, that are safe, that are normal, that aren't considered to be at any uh, point in time, Sakanos Nefashos, and uh, that we will be saved from, uh, from these types of dangers. So that is uh, Meseches Yivamos, Mustaf Ayin Beis, a uh, brief recap of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the Gemara here, and uh, as we make our way through Perak Ha'arel, really uh, identifying and uncovering many of the uh, beautiful ideas throughout Meseches Yivamos, that is Meseches Yivamos, Daf, Ayin Beis.